0: Okay, now you can tell me it's completely random, but uh uh Randy
1: Sackett. Yeah, yeah I've um, seen him um,
0: the Forged Realm. Yeah. See him reposting and liking our stuff. Like he is oh, a yeah, good friend to have.
1: He's he's one of the go I mean, he's the one that invited us to do the um to do the loot studio's uh, uh Relics Untold. Yeah, thing. That was really cool. That was, was really, really cool. cool. He's a
0: he's a cool guy. We'll definitely have to hit him up sometime to do friend stuff. I mean Maybe an for a podcast. That would be nice.
1: That would be, that nice. would be a good time. Be nice. That would be nice. That would be nice. I'm going to do that real... Oh. Your gain is all the way up. Okay, we're going to just do it down a little... Oh No, I can't. Okay. Don't worry, guys. We are on episode 48 <laughs> of the Dungeon Bros Podcast. I'm Connor. And I'm Sam. And we are not brothers. Nor are we in a dungeon. And we're very professional. Absolutely, the modicum of professionalism in the podcast space the highest level yes. of you know moments before I was like how are we gonna how are we gonna roll into this one and I was like I could do a bit about like me just being do 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 like the music at the beginning of the podcast mm. and then you had a random thought so I was like, All right, well I mean you could we could we could still do the intro music yeah, well, no well I, the intro music always happens well I mean uh, we could vocalize the intro we music. could. Or we could just move on. Not today. Not today. It's going to be a tight episode. I mean, you know, there's not a whole lot to talk about this week, which is which is fine, which is fine. Uh, but but Sam, how, how have you been? How Have you been? What do you got going on? Well, you've had a big weekend. I had a big weekend.
0: Yeah. Did uh, I, I? I power walked 45 kilometers. Well, I ran 20 kilometers and <laughs> sprained my knee, so I power walked 45 kilometers uh, more, or 25 kilometers more to uh, to qualify for Worlds uh, toughest mudder this year. So. Hmm
1: contender stats. Yeah. Well done. It's, it's great. Well done. It's the it's the distance for me. It's mm. the physical exertion for me really. I'm gonna do it in a
0: week and a half as well. Two week a uh, weekend yeah. You
1: were like always gone on the weekend. In the summer, yeah. Yeah. When I I'll I'll mean yeah. I'm not entirely opposed. Like it's it's been nice having having the weekends to myself here. Just get a chill around the house. Yeah. Bug your cat. Oh I, the the cat gets bugged regardless. But, you know, it's a good time. We're throwing massive parties without you here.
0: Well, I, you know, I, I hate people, so that's fine. You can uh, you can throw all the parties you want. Perfect. And I totally won't be offended. Perfect.
1: Perfect. Well, congratulations. It's, Thank it's, you. That's somewhat a big deal. It is actually, yeah. Somewhat a big deal. For, for me, this is the first time, so. Yeah. This weekend, not a whole lot going on. Yeah. There is SCGCon in Columbus. I don't think we're going to that. No.
0: Yeah. Like we said, the past couple of active weekends... Just got some stuff come up in the future. Just take, some, just take
1: a week off. Chill. It's okay. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Relax. Um I re-watched a wonderful web series from my youth. You might be familiar with this web series. I literally binged it in like a day while while reorganizing some of my cards and upgrading some of my decks. And that is the Video Game High School. Are you familiar mm-hmm. with the I've GHS? never actually watched it, but I'm... You're familiar. I'm aware that it exists. You're familiar with the VGHS, of course, of of Rocket Jump fame. You know, Quarter Digital, Freddie W, all that kind of old, those old internet. F- oh God, what is
0: That's-
1: ambulance? Ambulance going up the road. That, it, the we, the distortion on the ambulance as it drives by is always is always something. But yes, the video game high school big fan of the video game high school 10 years later aged very well That's That's good to hear (laughs) aged shockingly well There's a couple there were there were probably like maybe two two maybe three jokes where I was like ooh It's 2023 now. I don't know if they'd be able to get away with that, but it's still kind of funny. There you go. It's still kind of funny anyway. That's how I spent my weekend. I didn't do shit. It was great. (laughs) It was great Um, This episode of Dungeon Bros podcast sponsored Actually, real sponsor. For real once. sponsor. We'll talk about it later. But Icy Games Designs. They do 3D printed deck boxes. He's, his name's Bryce. He's a pretty cool guy. But the big sponsor we want to talk about, of course, Three Little Pigs Construction. The new El Drain development project is underway, turning the wilds to the milds with a new apartment complex and shopping center. Thank you to the Three Little Pigs Construction, uh, turning the wilds of El Drain into uh, a shopping center and parking lot.
0: Yeah. So if you are in Eldrain and wanted to go to a Jamba Juice, ooh, the Jamba, the Auntie Anns. Yes, uh, if you want to, perhaps probably a Chipotle going in. Oh, I'll, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, if you want to, if you want to rent one of those apartments, mm-hmm. um, and you have an arm and a leg to
1: sacrifice, it's Three
0: Little Pigs Construction, it's thirty-two uh,
1: fifty a month. Yep. So you know, a little pricey, but it's a new development. It's in a great area, getting gentrified. So be good to go. Yeah. There'll be a lot of a lot of. Uh, I heard they're
0: building in a, a, a roundabout so that when mm-hmm. Uber drivers come, they don't have to like stop yeah.
1: and do a three point turn. Yeah, that's that's actually really good for the infrastructure of the area. Um, there's a little bit of a controversy going on with the relocation of fairy tale creatures to a swamp, but we're not too worried about that. Uh, the ogre there is very nice. Mm-hmm. It's going to be very accommodating, so it should be good to go. Uh, three Little Pigs Construction. Thank you for sponsoring the Dungeon Bros Podcast. Now, Sam. Okay. I have a secret question for you. Yes, that is the next bullet point. Is Connor's secret podcast question? I do have a secret podcast question. The reason I have a secret podcast question is as it relates to the podcast, the Dungeon Bros podcast. That's this podcast. Should we rename the podcast to what? Something I because I, the Dungeon Bros podcast. Like who's gonna like you're you're scrolling through. Your podcast lists, yeah. They're look. People are looking around. Who the fuck are the Dungeon Bros? They don't give a shit. You know, something, something a little bit, a little bit more pithy, a little bit more creative. You know, got some pizzazz. Yeah, a little, little zing, little zang. You know, something that describes what we're talking about more commonly. Yeah, yeah. Some, some kind of subtle D and D slash Magic the Gathering reference of some kind, like something, something, a a, something, something, a a whatever podcast. Hmm. We could even call it something something a dungeon bros podcast. I suppose. You know. In the event event that we you know. We're nearing episode 50. I feel like we need to shake it up. All right, yeah. You know, it's a big celebration. We'll figure
0: that out. Big celebration. We'll we'll put it on the if you have any suggestions, please. uh,
1: let us know. Yeah. Let us know. Only 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 bad ones though, because it's funnier that way. Um Less terrifying than I thought the question would be to be honest. Yeah, online. no, it was it was I I wasn't I wasn't gonna spring like some horrifying abomination <laughs> upon you without without some pre-thought and planning. Very good. You know, that one that one's just fun. Anyway. Before we get into the upcoming releases as we do every single week, of course, I'm gonna do the quick rundown. Dungeon Bros podcast, available on Apple, Google, Spotify, YouTube Music, etc., etc. The microwave oven the 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 fancy modern fridge that like you can press the button and then the fridge that was opaque goes clear and you can see in the fridge without having to open the door. Uh, you can get us on that. Uh, of course, you can follow us on TikTok. We're almost forty thousand people already. Do we're like two hundred followers away from forty thousand followers on TikTok, which is absolutely ridiculous. Let's get it. Um, I think we're so we have a sign up in our in our kitchen. Mm-hmm. The from when we did a live stream celebrating ten thousand followers. Yes, that was at the be that was at the very beginning of twenty twenty two. Yes, it was the very beginning of twenty twenty two, January twenty twenty two. I remember the following January we had doubled to a little over twenty thousand, mm-hmm. and we've doubled again now to forty thousand in in a year. Are we gonna Are we gonna hit eighty k this time next year? Maybe. Actually, no. We're well ahead of schedule. This is fucking August. Yeah. We're way ahead of schedule. Uh, I think we should
0: celebrate when we hit 69,000. Of course. Because we're seven years old. 50K, of course.
1: 69, I mean, obviously. Obviously. We all know that was going to happen. But yeah, you can follow us on the TikTok. If you want to get our numbers up on some other things, because we don't have a lot of followers on other platforms, you can go to the Instagram, the YouTube, the X formerly known as twitter we don't really post anything on twitter that we just have it we also have a discord server you can join we have an amazon storefront where you can get cool things like the playmats that we play all the time on on our monday night live streams monday night magic where we play magic the gathering our deck lists are also in the link in the bio on our Moxfield, and of course we have a merch store which i don't believe uh anybody that we don't know has purchased anything which is pretty you know fair fair enough we're just some, we're just doing we mostly made it just for us to get things yeah I really did <laughs> but that's the whole thing anyway upcoming releases for D&D there are three more books left for the rest of the year one of them is coming in the next Uh, a little less than three weeks. Fandelver and Below, The Shattered Obelisk, on September 19th. We're going to be talking about some previews for that a little bit later. Uh, Planescape Adventures in the Multiverse on October 16th. The Book of Many Things, November 14th. The Lord of the Rings, second... There's a second, like, miniature additional set of Lord of the Rings coming on November 3rd. Uh, At the end of this week, as we are recording, uh, El Drain pre-release is going to start September 1st with the full launch on September 8th. We'll be able to talk about that in the next podcast and the next Monday Night Live. live stream we'll be opening up some pre-release kits uh live before we play which will be fun the doctor who commander decks on october 13th as well as the lost caverns of exelon in november of 2023 no specific date for that still which i find fascinating unless i just haven't i mean i haven't looked it up fair enough in (laughs) in a little while but I, i figured that would have come up in the research of the news and all of that Right, Maybe. Yeah, we'll address that later. Anyway, let's actually, let's talk about the actual sponsor yeah. of the Dungeon Bros Podcast. Icy Games Designs, our friend Bryce over there at Icy Games Designs, he does uh, 3D-printed deck boxes and accoutrements. Uh, if you're watching them live right now, you can see them. Uh, they're actually really, they're, I've always been skeptical of the 3D-printed deck box. just mm-hmm. I'm just generally skeptical of 3D-printed objects. In my day-to-day life. Sure. As mo- A lot of them are, like, poorly designed. This, on the other hand, is not at all. It's very sturdy. The side panels and the front panel are all interchangeable. You can pull them out, swap them around. They have uh, wonderful magnetic legs, Lids? Lids. <laughs> they have magnetic lids with wonderful registration points so you can lock in your deck box. You can flip it upside down. You can shake it around. You see me? You hear me doing that? I'm shaking our... I'm shaking a deck box upside down, and nothing's coming out because it's magnetic. Also, uh, you can get wonderful little accessory kits that has a divider, a dice tray, as well as these cool panels uh, that you can put on the side of two deck boxes to connect them together, make a super deck box. Uh, We've been talking to Bryce recently about, hey, the, the, the size of these deck boxes, you can put the cards... Uh, perpendicular to how they normally would be, and then you could make a deck box that's just longer, so you can make, like, a really big deck box and, like, have tokens and dice and stuff in one of the regular size ones, and then a long one where you can put, like, multiple decks and stuff in. Hey, that's a whole other project that is a whole other thing but Bryce is really cool uh, he has wonderful 3D printed deck boxes if you go to the link in our bio which is on all of our social medias uh, you can use the link there and use the discount code DB25 to get 25% off of the deck boxes also 25% of all the profits go to a wonderful uh, GoFundMe for his niece Everly who is a very sweet little 4 year old girl who has generalized morphia. Uh, and they have several hundred dollars of their $2000 goal but they need a little bit more to actually get that money. So, get on that. Go do that. And buy a cool deck box. <laughs> they are very cool. We're very we're very gracious. Thank you IC Games Design. Thank you. All right, let's get into the meat. We got the Wildeville Drain, spoiler
0: season baby. Coming out again, pre-release uh, f- September 1st
1: with full release on September 8th. Yes, very exciting. It is... I, w- I will say, before we get into... Because we're going we're gonna to look through some of the cards. We're going to talk about some of the cards that we're excited about. Some of the mechanics in the set. All of that. Mm-hmm. I am so excited for a Magic the Gathering set where you can buy a pack for like $4. <laughs> yeah,
0: we've we've talked about how, you know, how the, you know with Commander Masters, the map being a Master set, with the Lord of the Rings having, you know... The, the, the fucking, oh, one, fucking Lord one, of the Rings. The One Ring uh, and, you know, chase for the in, in the uh, collector's boosters. It's going to be nice to actually have a set that's not super overhyped. And to be honest,
1: this set looks super cool. So many cool mechanics. A fun returning mechanic. The adventure mechanic. Uh, usually attached to creatures, though. They've been expanding upon that. Where you can get a creature... Where you can cast a sorcery or instant uh, speed spell that you will then exile that card and then be able to cast the creature side of it from exile you can also just straight up cast the creature side mm-hmm. if you want to ignore the the sorcery or instant of it uh, wonderful mechanic give it basically just like is a two for one It like two cards in one yeah basically
0: some of some options and uh in this set the adventure mechanic actually is now multicolored so previously it would be like a red sorcerer mm-hmm. with a red creature. Now we have, for example, Kellan the Feyblood has a white sorcery, uh, adventure sorcery attached to
1: him. And okay. he's a red creature. And it's a tutor that lets you search for an aura and equipment card. <laughs> <laughs> so that's cool. Yes, equipments and auras and uh, enchantments are going to be a very big part. In fact, uh, there's a cycle of cards, uh, of enchantment cards, the virtue cycle, that are enchantments that have adventures attached to them uh the mechanics of which are they're, they're fairly fine i mean they're all monocolor i like those enchantments quite a bit they're all mythics it's a whole thing uh rowan and will are no longer planeswalkers they were yep. de-sparked after after all the stuff from the phyrexian invasion and now apparently they're like not not liking each other <laughs> at all yeah they
0: have very different stances on life and how they should run the kingdom now that they're
1: Parents are dead. Uh, Ashiok is now the main planeswalker of Eldraine. Previously, he was in Theros. Uh, Ashiok, wanting, you know, because apparently, I'm not familiar with the lore, okay? Don't fucking sue me, but apparently the people in Eldraine have been, like, asleep or some shit. And Ashiok being a dream eater kind of thing. Previously, it's a whole thing. It's all based on on fairy tales, and putting people to sleep is a big part of fairy tales. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But the main mechanics are going to be the adventure mechanic. Uh, Enchantments and auras are going to be very important. They've created some new token auras uh, that you can only have one of each type attached to a creature at a time, but you can attach them to your creatures or other creatures. You can only have one roll on a creature. One roll
0: token. One... Each... Each creature can only have one role by a player. So like if I have, you know, if I have a royal role on mine, if I wanted to put a, let's say a, um, what's another type? A wicked role on mine, I'd have to sacrifice the royal role to put it on. But you could also put on a, uh, like a uh, mm. cursed role onto
1: mine and it would keep both. Interesting, interesting. That's going to be a pain in the ass to track. <laughs> but token enchantment auras that are now going to really bad. There's a lot of support for, if you bought the Commander Masters uh, Enchantress deck, Mm -hmm. the enchanting whatever, you're going to have a lot of cards that you'll be able to upgrade (laughs) that Commander deck with, which I'm very excited for because when we were at Gen Con, That's the commander deck I got, was the the enchantments one. Uh, I want to shout out real quick, it's all the way at the top, Agatha's Soul Cauldron. It's a legendary artifact for two mana. You can spend mana as though it were mana of any color to activate abilities of creatures that you control. Creatures you control with plus one, plus one counters on them have all activated abilities of all creature cards exiled with Agatha's Soul Cauldron, and you can tap it to exile a target card from a graveyard. When a creature card is exiled this way, you put a plus one, plus one counter on a target creature you control. they are so so many shenanigans. Mm-hmm. It's a big block of text, but basically, you're exiling creatures from graveyards. You're putting plus one, plus one counters on York things. Any any creature that you have that has a plus one, plus one counter has all of the activated abilities of all the creatures that are being exiled. Yep. There's some weird things where. Uh, I can't remember the name of this Planeswalker. It's a Golgari Planeswalker, where when it's not on the battlefield, it's considered oh, an yeah. insect creature. Yeah. So you can exile it, and then you can put a bunch of plus one, plus one counters on all your things, and now they have all of the planeswalker abil- that Planeswalker's abilities on them as well. Ooh. You can do some weird, freaky shit with this. And because of the weird, freaky shit that is on a two-mana legendary artifact, um, I'm here for it. <laughs> Love, love when they do really weird, weird shit that will just enable new play styles, new decks, all this kind of stuff. Very fun. What, what, what's something you're, you're into? So I've been looking at the
0: uh, the Agatha of the Vile Cauldron. Who you know she owns the cauldron. I was looking at her to try to build a deck. Um, and obviously the number one card on EDH rec right now for Agatha the Vile Cauldron is Agatha's, Sol- Agatha's Soul Cauldron. <laughs> of course. Um, but going through, a lot of creature, you know, there's going to be a lot of, uh, activate, so, activate abilities of creatures control costs X less to activate, where X is Agatha's power. This effect can't reduce mana cost to less than one. And then she also has a little buff, um, on her. That gives other creatures control plus one, plus one, and gain trample and haste until end of turn. Mm -hmm. Uh, But obviously with Agatha's Soul Cauldron, you can do things like, you know... Give her a plus one, plus one counter, increase the cost reduction. And then, like, you know, there's plenty of creatures out there where it's like, ah, this creature is kind of terrible. It's a common that's a one-one, and it has a four and a green to buff it plus three, plus three. Not great. But when suddenly that plus three, plus three
1: only costs you one, then it's a lot better. Now... I would like if you could reduce the colorless cost of things down to zero, mm-hmm. as opposed to one. But it's also a two mana legendary creature. She's going to be reducing her own activated ability too. Uh, it's very easy to throw enchantments or temporary buffs up on her to make that to really splat like make a real splashy play by heavily reducing the cost. Because there's some activated abilities that are like nine mana. Or X mana, or X ex- ooh X mana ooh. There's some mon- there's
0: some creatures that gain that will gain monstrous, uh, but had X X to gain monstrous. So you get her real big. You reduce that down to the one you need to pay, or you know however much money you want to spend, and then suddenly a creature that normally like okay, well it's a six drop. And to make it, you know, the monstrous worth, i you going to spend at least 6 mana to make it a 3, you know, put 3 into X twice. But now it's like, okay, the math gets real complicated real fast.
1: It's great. Jesus Christ. Okay. Um, we're going to, I'm, I'm going to move down a little bit. Already of the Charmed Apple. Human Warlock, 1 white, black for a 2-4 each creature that's enchanted by an aura you control can't attack you or planeswalkers you control at the beginning of your end step each opponent loses x life and you gain x life where x is the number of auras you control orzhov aura like aristocrats you want to lean into like curse auras mm-hmm. and like debuff auras and shut down auras there's a lot of that in white there's a lot of that in black i love the design of this it or- is, it's pretty fucky you lean,
0: or you go the other way. You can do buff auras, and since they can't attack you, it's like, okay, attack
1: everybody else. Well, each creature that's enchanted by an aura, you control. Correct. Can't attack. So you can't can, attack you. Oh, so you can buff other, oh. So yeah, if you, if if you
0: fuck. me, if you and two other people are playing, I put a, like, here's a flying counter on, or here's an aura that gives your creature flying. You can't attack me with that creature, but you can attack them with flying and get over their oh. stuff.
1: That's a good point.
0: Almost, almost like really good point. the antithesis.
1: Antith- 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 it's kind of it's kind of like, hug. yeah, it's kind of group huggy, but at the same time, you're, it's like a group hug plus like a little pillow fort for you because they can't, because people can't get through to you. Mm-hmm. But you're helping them get through to each other, and then you're also draining them and, and healing yourself. Yeah. Ooh, I like this card a lot. I'm a big fan of this.
0: That counts the token
1: auras as well. Yes, the the token auras of the set, the roll tokens. Those are really cool. Uh, I do want to shout out the, just just the cursed, the cursed roll token. If you control another roll on it, put that one into the graveyard. Enchanted creature is a 1-1. One, one. Mm-hmm. That's just a token aura. <laughs> yeah. That's one of the several types. I do... Okay. Well, okay I, I've, I've talked I've talked a lot about cards. What, what, what's one
0: you like? So got another one. this Blossoming Tortoise. Uh, oh, it has gotten has a lot blood, of attention yeah. online recently. Oh, yeah. It's a, a, two, and a two green green for a three-three turtle. When Blossoming Tortoise enters the battlefield or attacks, mill three cards, then return a land card from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped. Activate abilities of land you control. Cost one less to activate. Land creatures you control. Get plus one, plus one um obviously there's ridiculous things you can do with just their you know activated lands mm-hmm. um costing one less to activate but then like think about turn same, same idea with uh with Agatha where it's like okay what if I turn all my creatures into land creatures or what if I give all my land you know turn my creatures into or my lands into Mm-mm. creatures
1: Mm-mm. nope no thank you
0: so there, there, I've seen a lot of funky stuff you can do online with Blossoming
1: Tortoise. Yeah. So one thing I've seen a fair bit, Imidane the, py- the Pyro Hammer, two red, red, four, four, human knight. Whenever an instant or sorcery spell you control that targets only a single creature deals damage to that creature, Imidane deals that much damage to each opponent. Mm-hmm. There are some wonderful cards that you, there, there's some wonderful uh, instant cards that you can cast that uh, target spell that targets only one creature, targets every creature. Mm-hmm. So you cast a spell like Lightning Bolt. And then you can use that and it'll target everything. And then suddenly, you can magically have like all of these a bunch of creatures taking three damage each and then dealing like 40 to every opponent.
0: Oh yeah, you're gonna your uh your your damage buffers like oh yeah. Solfem and uh Burn the City from the most recent sets. Oh yeah. Definitely gonna overwork in this one.
1: Level mono red burn mono red burn commander man, it's getting it's getting pretty good. Getting pretty good. Not that it was bad in the first place. No, I do also want to shout out the uh, the tapped dual lands uh, that have some activated abilities on them. Uh, the becoming, man lands becoming a cre- becoming uh, land creatures, and they have effects attached to them when they attack, like the Boros land re- uh, Restless Bivouac. Bivouac. Sure. Yeah, it becomes a two two red w- red and white ox creature. Until end of turn, whenever it attacks, you put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature you control. The Restless Vinestock becomes a 5-5 green and blue plant creature with trample when it attacks another creature, has base power uh, and toughness, 3-3. The Restless Spire is a 2-1 blue elemental when you activate it, and as long as it's your turn, this creature has first strike. Whenever it attacks, you get to scry one. Restless Fortress is a 1-4 white and black nightmare creature until end of turn. Whenever it attacks, defending player loses two life, you gain two life, and the Restless Cottage becomes a 4-4 black and green horror creature until end of turn. Whenever it attacks, create a food token, exile it to one target card from a graveyard. some utility in some dual lands. It's a shame they enter tapped, but it, it's... It, it's a, If you're into the lands that become creatures, I know people are a very big fan of, like, the Mooda for example. If you're a fan of those kinds of lands, these actually have benefits just on the, like, using them as attackers as well. Yeah. Plus, with so many things that are reducing the cost of activated abilities these days, you know, can make it pretty cheap. You got any other ones you want to shout out? Um, Whale. I got one more.
0: One more? While you look. So, well... There's one I like. Uh I saw Gavin Verhey make a uh TikTok about it. Yes, the Sir Ginger. The Sir Ginger, yeah. the Meal Ender, which is in reference uh it is a cre- is a a from the a, the uh previous Eldrain set, Throne of Eldrain, I believe. Mm-hmm. In the and in the intro animation or the the set animation, they had this character's uh cookie boyfriend getting eaten by Grooke. Yeah. Uh, And so, (laughs) but people were so sad that they didn't get to see this character in a card in the set, so they made it this time, which it's Sir Ginger the Meal Ender. It's a two uh, colorless, it's a two generic mana for a three-one Legendary Artifact Creature Food Knight. Sir Ginger, the meal ender, has trample, hexproof, and haste as long as an opponent controls a planeswalker. Very flavorful. Whenever another another artifact you control is put into the graveyard from the battlefield, put a plus one plus one counter on Sir Ginger and scry one, and you can always pay two and sack it uh, Sir Ginger to eat her uh, and you gain life equal to its power. Um,
1: Definitely a lot of shenanigans to be had with that. (laughs) It shenanigans once. It's going to shenanigan. It's going to again. Uh, the last one I want to shout out is uh, the Goose Mother. <laughs> the Goose Hydra. <laughs> the Bird Hydra. The art on it is absolutely hilarious. It's just an X X green, blue for a 2-2 flying. Goose Mother enters the battlefield with X plus 1 plus 1 counters. Whenever it enters the battlefield, create X, you create half X food tokens rounded up. Whenever it attacks, you can sacrifice a food if you do draw card. Nothing crazy, but it's hilarious. It's hilarious. I love the art. It's really it. It's it's a horrifying abomination of a creature, and that's that's what I like. That's what I like in my Hydra. You know. Anywho, Wilds of Eldraine coming out pre-release September first. Full set release coming on September eighth. The next big thing we need to talk about here: Fandelver and Below the Shattered Obelisk. WotC put out the uh, Everything You Need to Know video on YouTube, and we're just going to give you some highlights real quick. This adventure book brings a fresh take on adventures in the town of Phandalin, the mysterious obelisks to darkness lurking below the surface. The adventure is packed with new secrets to discover. Battle over 20 creatures warped beyond recognition, like psionic goblins, fleshly horrors, and more. In D&D Beyond Encounter Builder. Ooh. Ooh and beyond. Uh, power up your party with mysterious magical artifacts. Dive into the Phandalin region with new maps including multiple dungeons featured throughout the adventure. For those of you that don't know, if you have uh, purchased adventure books in the past, the Phandelver, uh, uh, a lot of them have had these like mysterious obelisks that are like, that like have like a little blurb or a paragraph of description and they're like super mysterious and like something weird might happen if a party interacts with it in a certain way. hmm but then they're just kind of left, and they don't really connect to anything that's going on. The Fandover and Below the Shattered Obelisk is going to connect all of those uh, little hints, it seems, together. I don't know if it's going to be very good. Uh, regardless, love an Eldritch Horror. Sure. Love... I don't know what the fuck that is in this art here. It, it's like a ball of eyeballs. A ball of a collection of eyeballs and eyelids. It is, it is one of those 20 creatures warped beyond recognition. Yeah, it's. Uh, it's horrifying. <laughs> But Fandelver and Below the Shattered Obelisk, do you have any interest in this thing?
0: You know, I've actually ran parts of the original the original um Lost Minds of Fandelver, and I've I've listened to several podcasts that like to start with the Lost Minds of Fandelver as their Let's Plays. Uh, that being said, I'm not huge into the adventure books that uh, are off that are also often put out mm-hmm. um okay. that I would pro you know It'd be cool to see what's in it, but I don't think I have any interest in actually purchasing it.
1: Yeah, we've we've talked in the past, um, like our hierarchy of of the D and D books that mm. we like. Obviously, the ones that we like the most are your core rule book expansions, your Xanathars, your Tashas, that yes. kind of stuff. Followed by the campaign setting books, your uh, your the the oh my god, Theros. I can't remember the Theros, name of it. Yeah. Is it just Theros? It's not just Theros. Well, the, and and things like the uh, uh, Oh my gosh. I'm I am I'm on a fucking roll today, <laughs> my guy. I am on a roll. Uh, the Explorer's Guide to Wild Mounts. Mythic a, Odyssey of The Theros. Mythic Odysseys of Theros. Um, and even like kind of half of the the Strixhaven mm-hmm. book, even though that was kind of an adventure, but it was kind of a campaign setting. Campaign settings after the core rulebook expansions then we get into adventures and then we get into like the niche expansions your fizz Band's treasury of dragons your your the your bea- big b presents glory of the giants your bestiary expansions. yeah or less. yeah those are those are fine they offer some lore i guess the adventures uh most people that play D&D like to ma- make their own adventures and yeah. run their own adventures um i I like that it, I I like that they're going back and remaster. they're ending this run of 5E because apparently one 5- D&D is just going to be 5E again which is stupid but they're they're ending this initial run of 5E by going back and redoing the first classic starter adventure the lost minds of Vandelver and expanding expounding upon it in a very major way which is of course fun uh, does this product need to exist I think we still hold firm that no it does not <laughs> Unless your opinions have changed.
0: No. I mean, you, here's the thing. Like, and we talked about last podcast episode where the, uh, you know, they've admitted we make way too much stuff and we need to stop making so much stuff. Um,
1: they won't actually. They won't actually. But I don't, I, I'll believe that when I see it.
0: You know, I think, I think the. The copendiums the the here's 15 different leveled adventures that you can
1: run like the uh the candle key oh. mysteries or um oh the one that, the the new one yeah we didn't I'm, buy that one <laughs> we haven't been buying many d books lately just it's too much too, too much. much but yeah those adventure compendiums are phenomenal they're very well designed, and it's great to just be able to, like, drag and drop, plop in, like, a little two, three sessioner yeah. into your campaign. So I I think those are always going to,
0: at least in my mind, win over uh, full adventure guides. Yes.
1: That being said, I will say I am very excited uh, about certain adventure modules. I, of course, have expounded in the past about wanting to do Call of the Netherdeep, which mm-hmm. I think will actually be happening now as a as a Discord variant with some of my college friends. Very good. Which will be very exciting. I look forward to that. Unless you have anything else about Phandelver and Below, I don't. What? It's fine. Let's hop on. You got the super drops. So uh, Wizards of the Coast announced a new Magic the Gathering Secret Lair super drop for the fall of 2023. All of the non-foil versions of these are going to be $29.99 each, and the foil variants being $39.99 each. We have Absolute Annihilation. It's going to come with Oppression, Abrade, Mass Hysteria, and Terminate. Uh, we're going to have Now on VHS, a set featuring Magic cards as VHS art covers coming with Rewind, Food Chain, Rampant Growth, and The First Sliver. Kay. Okay, that one, that one is going... Between food chain and the first, first sliver, that is going to be a. That's probably the best value of all of the secret layers they announced in the super drop.
0: I was going to say what you don't, but <laughs> you don't want. You don't think the 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 special rampant growth is going to uh, send no. it over the edge? Nope. You don't think the abrade and the terminate, which I believe cost like twenty five cents each. I love
1: terminate. I love Abra- I have, abrade. Abrade is a great card. I have expounded countless times about my love of the of the instant speed red spell for one in red mana a braid. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan. Big fan. But <laughs> it's no food chain and it's no first sliver. It, it, that is correct. First sliver after the sliver precon deck came out like that thing shot up and it's just the first sliver especially foil is well more than the $40 asking price of the foil super drop so if you're in the market for a first sliver and you like the VHS art style uh, or you're in the market for food chain and you like the VHS art style, um, that's probably the best value of all the ones. We also have Magic the Baseballing, aforementioned Planeswalker baseball card set featuring a Johnny Goldmane, Jace Bellerin, Liliana Vess, Chandra Nalar, and Garruk. Wildspeaker. if you have Planeswalkers and you like baseball, go for it.
0: We've also, I believe, I saw that uh, Ultra Pro might have accidentally spoiled that they're going to be doing uh, what the playmat that goes along
1: with the baseballing is going to look like Ooh, ultra pro watch yourselves that's fine love a playmat uh I, li- I like that i like that they're making it all planeswalkers. walkers mm-hmm. that's fun i'm a fan of that artist series kevin Wa- kev walker i love the artist series i just wish they would pick uh some slightly more <laughs> slightly more valuable cards uh kev walker uh Magic the Gathering artist. This set is going to showcase all art from him uh, for the Faeboro Elder. I'm a fan of the Fabero Elder. Yeah, I was going to say you ran that one. Uh, a Carnage Tyrant, Fleshbag Marauder, and It That Betrays. Probably uh, It That Betrays is going to be... That, that'll, be the, that'll be the price. That'll be the higher. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this one is keep partying hard, shred harder than you previously thought possible. It's another heavy metal art style set the set comes with tevesh zat doom of fools goto bandit warlord jessica thrice reborn and vile smasher the fierce vile smasher the fierce from what i have seen is the is the valuable one there though i do want to shout out Godo bandit warlord as a very good commander for cedh uh with the infinite combo with it and helm of the host The count to 11 deck. Yes, count to 11. Uh the first time I ever played CEDH, I was running a Godo Bandit Warlord deck from Ryan over at Playing with Power. Acquaintance of the Dungeon Bros Ryan Playing with Power. I I I I'm I'm afraid to call him friend. I've met him once. He's very very kind. He let me play his deck. And uh I kind of think they let me win, but at the same time, they were like, our friend Lincoln was in that pod, and Lincoln was like, don't worry guys, I got it, and then it was like, I cast my commander, and he's like, alright, well, Lincoln said he got it, so I pass priority. Alright, Lincoln said he got it, I pass priority, and Lincoln's like, yeah, I'm just gonna counter that spell, and I'm like, I used uh, used this land that makes it uncounterable. He's like, fuck! (laughs) And then I got to, and they let, and instead of just, like, everybody scooping and moving on to the next game, they let me, like, search the deck and like actually play out and play it out and do the thing. So they're really cool people. Right. Anyway, anyway, Vile Smasher of the Fierce is going to be the uh the big one there. Featuring Gary Baseman, set comes with one of each of the basic lands rendered by Gary Baseman. I love a basic land. Yeah. I love a beautiful basic land. I'm not spending $30 for a <laughs> single copy of each non-foil for the basic land secret lair drops. It's always been one copy of each yeah. of those basic lands, which is such bullshit. Like if they're doing a basic land secret layer drop, just throw in twenty of each. Because yeah, here's the thing: it doesn't cost wizards anymore to print more. No, it. I mean, more, I mean, well, literally, it lands, does. But. It it does. But at the same time, like it's It's cardboard, man. It's just give twenty. It's basic lands. Nobody's running a single bit. Ba- That's not true. Someone somewhere is running a single basic land. Anyway, the last one bugging out. Set comes with an Eldritch evolution, giant adiphage, noxious revival, grist, the hunger tide, and Mazarek, crawl Death priest. Lair also can be purchased in four different bundles. Uh, This one is for my non-foils bundle, comes with each of them entirely non-foil set for $180. This one dedicated to my foils bundle, comes with each of them entirely in foil for $240. Bugs, bands, and Blockbusters bundles, the Keep Partying Hard, Shred Harder than You Previously Possible, Bugging Out, and Now on VHS for 80, and the foil bundle for 106. I've never purchased a secret layer drop.
0: I have not either. I've I thought about it when they did the anime art style. Yeah. because um, I really like the massacre girl, massacre girl art in there. Uh, I did not. But when I do look at you know buying singles, sometimes I'm like maybe I'll splurge a little bit because you can you know you can find the secret layer singles yeah. available on TCG Player and other other spots.
1: Now, I'm the person that. I look at these, and I'm like, most of these cards I don't play. True. The basic lands look pretty cool, but I'm not spending $40 for five lands, one of each. Yeah. And then I look at now on VHS, and I'm like, first sliver, I could just flip it, and then I have the other three cards, True. and they look cool, and I made a profit. So that's where I'm at. Uh, see, The secret lair drops that I'm the most interested in are the the commander decks.
0: Mm, there's sorry. the
1: Angels one that just came out. Of course, there's Heads I Win, Tells You Lose. There was like the Post Malone one, Cute to Brute. Yeah, those are the ones that I'm more interested in than just a basic Secret lairdrop. drop. Anyway, and I like the
0: ones that are new cards. So I like the D and D movie. Oh yeah, ones. that one was fun. That um, one was fun. I did not end up buying that. I wish I would have. But I did too. I wish. Oh I had that one. well. We
1: were we were still we were still a little bit wee babs. Yeah. At this yes. Anyway. Uh, I'm going to go out of order here, Sam, because I want to talk about the fun thing last. Uh, Sure. Critical Role, Dimension 20, and Dungeons & Dragons roll for initiative on the picket line. As you guys, pretty much everybody knows, the WGA and SAG-AFTRA have been uh, picketing. Those are the Writers' Union and the Screen Actors Guild Union. And uh, they've been picketing in Hollywood for uh, some more fair compensation. And apparently, they've, uh, (laughs) they've been doing special events reunions and theme days including an upcoming dungeons and dragons adventure Lindsay allen a wga member known for shows such as macgyver and marvel's agent carter shared an infor- informative thread about the inaugural dungeons and dragons picketing day on twitter or x formerly known as twitter <laughs> the event was formerly known as twitter yes. uh the event will take place the day this podcast release, releases, Wednesday, August thirtieth, in Los Angeles. And the striking guilds will be flanked by allies from actual play shows like Critical Role, Dimension Twenty, and Dungeons and Daddies. Brennan Lee Mulligan, the master behind behind such TTRPG campaigns as Dimension 20's current neo Nero Noir Mento. Mentopolis. oh my god the names of the campaigns that they do over on Dimension 20 are ridiculous uh, will even be in attendance to guide strikers through the day's climactic boss battle as dungeon master that's fucking cool. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's hilarious that this union that these unions are striking and then having, like, these theme days just to, like, spice it up for the people that are there. Uh, obviously, a lot of the college humor people... Dimension 20, college humor production. Mm-hmm. A lot of the college humor people have been very outspoken about participating in the picket lines. Um, Adam Conover of Adam Ruins Everything has been there, like, all the time. Yeah. Making a ton of videos about it, doing his Adam Ruins Everything shtick, which I don't not a huge fan of adam conover generally speaking because even his like adam ruins everything where he does a lot of fact checking they cite their sources which is great but i also kind of interpret some of the data in ways that i don't necessarily agree with but a lot of his stuff is cool adam conover very passionate person very cool but like all the college humor people have been very very outspoken about this and it doesn't surprise me that brendan lee mulligan would put on this crazy like everyone picketing all right let's do a fucking massive uh, strike campaign. Yeah. I mean,
0: he was, uh, you know, he's he's obviously known as a dungeon master, but, like, he spent years doing um, LARP camps. Mm-hmm. So this is basically a big LARP.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, also, strikers are going to be treated to a hero's Feast. Dimension 20, Critical Role, and Dungeons & Daddies each donated food trucks to the event. Uh, Dimension 20's network Dropout is providing <laughs> is providing Tacos, Critical Role. It's going to heal any points of exhaustion with Dean's Coffee and Dungeons & Daddies' Uh, is is doing a, a soft serve dessert thing. I think that's I just think that's, that's pretty funny. cool. I just think that's funny. Um they also made a Dungeons and Dragons style map for all the food trucks that are available and the Dean's Coffee is going to feature themed drinks for the occasion. So yeah. That's a thing that's happening. Yeah, I, I didn't know about the food truck thing. That's fun. That's hilarious. Anyway, that was that was that was going to be the last thing. We're going to now talk about the thing that was we had further we had earlier, but it's the fun thing, so I wanted to save it for the last. Matthew Lillard, and some of you may be familiar. Matthew Lilliard, aka uh, Shaggy, in the live-action Scooby-Doo movies, as well as. Uh, He's been on Critical Role. He's been on... He's a big, big, big fan of the D&D and the tabletop RPGs and such. I
0: believe founder of Beetle and Grimm.
1: Yes. That's... You guys know Beetle and Grimm. Everybody. Anyway. We, all, we, all, we all know Beetle and Grimm. Anyway, he's launched a new Dungeons Dragons-inspired bourbon and comedy series. <laughs> Actor Matthew Lilliard and screenwriter Justin Ware are now co-owners of a new liquor company along with Blue Run Spirits co-founder Kim... Sorry, Tim Sparpani. I cannot do last names. Launches later this year and is developing a line of spirits inspired by Dungeons and Dragons. The company is called Find Familiar Spirits. Wow. We need to find. We need to find. Uh, we need to find Find Familiar Dice and be like, hey, look. <laughs> There might be a lawsuit in here. No, that's not, that's not true. Uh, the first product they launch is going to be Quest's End, a new line of bourbon whiskey with each bottle and flavor representing the next part in a continuous story designed by veteran DM and game designer Kate Welch with illustrations by renowned fantasy artist Tyler Jacobson. Lillier explains that Quest's End begins with, quote, Saren of the Pit, who was born in the Fighting Pits, a paladin of God, of the God of Life, and in, in Inxa, N-I-N-X-A. What the fuck do you want me to do with that? Mm -hmm. I don't... I, I can't... And the straight bourbon whiskey blend is characterized by notes of vanilla and fruit with an undercurrent of spice to reflect her fighting spirit, per the bottle's tasting notes. Distilled in Indiana and Kentucky, Paladin will be available for pre-order starting online starting October 4th ahead of its November launch. He added, each one of the bottles has a map on the back and it has hit points on the side so you can drink down the hit points. You As you drink down the hit points, you get stronger. One of the things we wanted to create is something very bespoke so the bottle's beautiful. You're getting a story, an entire unboxing experience. He goes on to explain further, each year as we go forward, we'll continually find communities that have a fan base that's committed, that are passionate and are fun-loving, Accepting and full of joy, of course. Lily, you're a big fan of D and D, also bringing more D and D to the small screen with Faster, Purple Worm, Kill, 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 uh, which is described as "Whose Line Is It Anyway?" means D and D Improv Live Gameplay Series. We've talked about this previously, and yes. we we're. Intrigued Uh, It was going to be I believe it was going to be on G4 At one point I think you're right Uh, It is now going to be on the free ad supported streaming uh, Fast channel And the show spans 21 hour episodes And features a revolving cast of first level characters Played by Lilliard, Seth Green Skeet Ulrich, Patton Oswald Deborah Ann Wool, Todd Stashwick, Michael Irby And others Anyway, for those of you that don't know Sam and I are, are are fans of the whiskey. Indeed. Fans of the bourbon whiskey here in Kentucky as well. Yes. The we have a bu- proverbial belt of bourbon. And the bourbon belt. We need to we need to do the bourbon trail. We've said that for years. Yes. Literally years now. Our friend our, we have several friends that also would be mm-hmm. into doing the bourbon trail. We need to set aside a weekend to do that. Yes. Okay. Probably. We Very should good. plan in the future. I agree. I agree. Anyway, uh We should probably get this bottle, right?
0: I mean, you know, the pre-release does go up around
1: my birthday. I mean, ooh, little little birthday gift for Sam. Okay. All right. You've sold me. Perfect. I'm leaving that tab open, so I don't forget. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, that's all we got for the news today. We're kind of going quick. We don't. There wasn't a lot to talk about, which is totally fine. We're coming up on the release of Fandelver and Below. We're coming up on the release of Wilds of Eldrain. There will be plenty of to-, to talk about. While Sam looks at the TikTok live chat as we record this podcast live on TikTok every other week on Tuesday. And the podcast posts the following day on Wednesdays every other week. We're just going to do a quick rundown. The podcast available on Apple, Google, Spotify, YouTube Music, uh, Pandora
0: microwave ovens those screens and bowling alleys that when you Ooh. roll uh, you know that they show
1: some yeah. some animations yeah yeah we're doing we're doing uh, bull, we're doing strike and spare animations mm-hmm. uh, for the Dungeon Bros podcast which is very exciting you can also follow us on TikTok where almost 40,000 of you already do you can follow us on Instagram YouTube X Discord we have an Amazon storefront we have our merch store Monday Night Magic live streams Moxfield for all our deck lists for said Monday Night live streams and the TikTok live chat Sam Yes. What do we got for the TikTok live?
0: Um, well, first out, sh- uh, first off, shout out to our friend Mystery Sniper. Uh, has been in the chat helping out. Subscriber of the Dungeon Brews, Mystery Sniper, big fan. Wee woo. Um, PokeLink. Uh, Poke Link, Poke Link. Uh, do you prefer Fifth Edition or Three Point Five? Well, we have we've only really played Fifth Edition.
1: I I've looked into Three Point Five on many occasions, mm-hmm. and I'm a big fan of of. The JRPG video yes. game. I am a big fan of the turn-based RPG. I'm a big fan of getting into the nitty gritty and really just making a making your guy. Yeah. When it comes to tabletop RPGs, on the other hand, um, 3.5 is a little bit too dense. Uh, there's a reason that 5e is the one that has exploded in popularity. There's a reason that a lot of people that love 5e go back and they want to check out 3.5 and a lot of them don't do it again. Mm-hmm. There's a reason they moved away from a lot of those mechanics. I love the accessibility of 5E. There's still a ton of customizability. There's still a ton of nitty-gritty you can get down into, but I think we're a 5E. We're a 5E household.
0: Yeah, 3.5 is definitely the uh I've heard described as the addition of wait, that hit me. Hold on, I have more. Or wait, that didn't hit. Hold on, I have more. Yeah. Um because there were so many different you know, depending on if you had this situation going on, you might get added plus one here or a plus one here. And I've heard my friends who standing
1: on this square, you get something. If the sun is out, you get this. If it's a Tuesday, you have that. Like, did you trim your toenails recently? You got a minus four. Like it's,
0: but the people who, the people who love our, our buddy, Darren, um, another one of my friends, uh, Aria, he, they, both of them you know, have, have expressed love over how they've, You know, built even mid-level characters just being
1: very broken. I mean, if you're if you're into if you are into a style of D anD D that is, uh, you're level one, and by the end of this dungeon you're level eight, and you just go in and like getting uh, going into like a slog fest, and you're like it's combat after combat after combat, just classic deep dungeon brawly. And you're into like the super customizability, then 3.5 is going to be your jam, for sure. All right. It's not ours.
0: <laughs> Tactical Fox Thirty One says, "I'm a novice writer and want to try being a DM. How? I also
1: have never played D and D. How hard would it be?" That is a very good question, because <laughs> uh, as as most good questions, uh, it depends. Yeah, <laughs> it depends. If if you are cool with reading, if you are cool with being expressive and emotive, if you are if you are comfortable leading conversation, if you are comfortable being the center of attention, you'll probably be a good dungeon master. You have all the tools available to you, you just need to read the book and do a little bit of prep mm-hmm. and maybe watch some other people DM online just to see what style works for you. If you don't like talking, if you if you don't feel comfortable with a bunch of people looking at you and expecting you to say something. Uh, It might be a bit harder for you, Mm -hmm. but anybody can be a good dungeon master. Anybody can tell a good story and anybody can learn the rules. And fun fact, you don't have to know all the rules to be a dungeon master. Nope. Nope.
0: Uh, As far as being that conversion from writer to dungeon master, that also might be a, a, I think that's a, a common misconception that people think like, oh this is a good writer make a good dm well they might have a good you know like low, if they're a good lore writer that's great but when it comes to actual play of D, um you no longer have access to the full uh, uh independence of writing mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. you include you know
1: four to three to seven other people yeah seven's uh, a bit big don't do seven that's a lot Ma- i would max it out at six five is ideal but uh one last little thing there if you find that you don't want to relinquish as much of the storytelling control, or if you're really into lore and world building, make a campaign setting. Uh, you can make a be- you can make a wonderfully rich lore filled uh, flavorful campaign setting. And then if you do if you enjoy that process and you want to try and play in that setting, then you don't then you can kind of decouple it from the writing aspect of DMing and then you just have a reference book. Mm-hmm and you can probably sell it on like drive through rpg and if it's good make a little make a little dollar make a couple dollary dues we've done that too we have free we have free and paid homebrew available on drive through rpg we don't advertise it anymore because we haven't done it in a while we did we went hard in 2022 with the uh with every month we had a free pack and then we had our blood magic and hemocraft supplement which i still am proud of yeah i think that's a good supplement um this is, a, this is a little bit of a sidebar tangent, but at work I have d and D campaign. We're gonna take a couple. We're gonna take like a month and a half off of it, and in the meantime, I'm going to be running like a little three three four shot like Inastrad inspired like vampire werewolf thing. And I've offered up our Blood Magic and Hemocraft supplement, and people have been going through it and repeatedly been like, "That's really fucking cool. I want this spell. I want to use this feat. I want to use like all yeah. these like different little things." Uh, I also realized that we kind of really neglected lycanthropy in that pack, so, oops. <laughs> we, th- we always <laughs> said we'd go back and do some
0: other things, like, uh, you know, make expansions to that, because we had more ideas, but, uh, then the whole thing with, with Wizards and Hasbro being, uh, little shitheads, yeah, um, in them. the early part of th- uh, this year, and the fact that I honestly haven't been running a lot of D&D, even playing a lot of D&D, uh, I I haven't been running any D&D in like a year and a half, two years, at least. And so that kind of put a damper on it. Like, that's where I get all my ideas is I'm going through, I'm like... Oh, that'd be really cool if, if you know, if to add into my game and then it's like, well, wait, we could also just throw it on a piece of paper and throw it online. But yeah. haven't had that thought process in a while.
1: Yeah, uh yeah. I'm not I haven't been super I've I've only recently started to get more inspired with the with the intent of doing this like little one two shot thing and with uh the possibility of doing an online game mm-hmm. running through Call of the Nether Deep. I'm starting to get that the juice is flowing, I'm starting to get the itch. Yeah. You know. I'm into it. Uh, shout out to Fat Griff for getting the number one
0: gifter badge. Oh, well, uh, thank you. IC Games, uh, uh, une- unexpected sponsor of this episode. Hello. Uh, says you guys stream on Tuesdays too. Oh. Lol. Uh, every,
1: every other Tuesday. Tuesday.
0: Every other Tuesday for the podcast. Do, 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 do. Uh, let's see, Logan Judah asks who's the strongest commander in all of Magic the Gathering and
1: why is it Yargle? It's not. Well <laughs> I mean by statistics, that is the highest power commander. Yeah. Uh,
0: Colton Russell. Technically eight, it's six, Yargle seven, and Tatani, but asks thoughts on slivers? Only play that only play them and my friends hate me. <sighs> I mean, obviously, sliver slivers do have that ultimate synergy sort of thing, since every sliver affects it's, every other sliver. It's the perfect tribal.
1: Yes. It's the perfect tribe. Um, The problem is, there's only so many keywords. <laughs> there's only so many buffs. There's only so many things you can add on. One, two slivers, you can handle that. Three, four slivers, it's getting a little dicey. Uh, Once you have a big boy sliver, mother sliver, first sliver... Mm-hmm. Uh, any any of the big ones um, once you start getting cascading slivers indestructible slivers like it it becomes a very very unfun thing to play against um, having oh all of all of my creatures can tap for a green mana okay oh all of my creatures have first strike mm-hmm. okay oh all of my creatures have flying Okay, all of my creatures have flying, first strike, can tap for green mana, are indestructible, and I'm cascading. Yeah. Now, now we have a big problem, (laughs) you know? Oh, also, you're running a bunch of lands and stuff that make shit uncounterable? Eh. I don't want to say slivers were a design mistake, because I think they're fun, they're interesting, and they're very powerful for the person playing. I think they were a pinnacle of design that
0: wizards, or that yeah, that the the Wizards, the wizards of the Coast, the Wizards at Wizards, um, would you know, it's it's one of those things you gotta strive to create equally, but you can't just redo it, you know. Yeah. You can't. That's the you 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 can't just turn your TCG into a non TCG because yeah. that's what a non TCG basically kind of is. Is we're making the same different design just a little bit tweaked, whereas Wizards of the Coast has to go. In about seventy different directions with every set, because that's what they've designed their corner. They've, they've designed themselves into a giant corner where they must fill it every time.
1: Yeah, that's why. Also, why you don't see a lot of sliver cards anymore. Like they just don't print new ones anymore, and very rarely. And oftentimes, it's a somewhat basic one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Oh, your slivers all have plus one, plus O, oh, and fucking lifelink you know or trample or whatever you know it nothing crazy but even even that's good
0: oh
1: <laughs> i hit my microphone even that one's kind of crazy <laughs> trampling flying indestructible casket uh, slivers give me the ick bow chick move on bow a wow wow asks
0: is there a proper way to get into d into dming in is there a proper way
1: no are there, and are there suggested ways? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, if you enjoy watching live play shows, you can learn a lot about DMing. Um, finding people to play with is the main thing. Yeah. It's
0: it's it's a muscle. You gotta you
1: gotta practice. You gotta learn. You gotta practice. You gotta have feedback. You gotta fuck up and be bad at it. <laughs> and then you can be pretty alright at it. But first, the first couple sessions of D&D that I ran, that was not good. No? <laughs> like, the started out with a little prison break sequence it was fine a little escape through the sewers totally fine into a swamp into an area into it took it so we went from castle prison breakout to escaping in the sewers to running through an infested swamp To getting to a forest, so you had a safe haven, then escaping that safe haven, and then like actually beginning the adventure proper. Once we left that safe haven, and then they traveled across the continent a little bit to like a major city, that's when I started to feel confident. Um, But that was like... Sessions mm-hmm. in, that I started to feel good, and then I had like this big city. I felt like I could relax a little bit. I could do, so, I could play with some different things, introduce NPCs. Because uh, my big problem, my big problem was that I, me- I kept them too isolated for too long. It took like six sessions until they got to a place where they were like interacting with other NPCs mm-hmm. and stuff. And I'm like, okay, that now I know. Now you know. Um blah blah asks got any Disney <laughs> got any Disney Lorcana? nope I kind of wish that I that we did each buy a box of Lorcana at Gen Con just to resell the packs because they were the boxes were only like a hundred bucks yeah and packs were I think there's what, what 12 to 15 packs per box or something like or actually there might be more than that I don't know how many packs are in a box but the packs were going for like 20 bucks each yeah so yeah we should have done that but I'm also glad
0: we didn't, because we didn't get trampled. That's true. <laughs> we did not get trampled. Hey, Brandon Vole also popped into the chat. Oh yes. Hey, Brandon. We love, we like Brandon
1: here. We're a big fan of Brandon.
0: Um. Just letting people know if I don't, if we don't answer a question, it's because I have, and I, I know that we won't know the answer to it, and we're not just ignoring. I'm sorry. Um. A buddy I met recently st- uh, started, and so far. Who's this? Oh, sorry. This is Yinhar, Kigashugo.
1: Oh, uh, I'm glad that you have to read impossible names to read as well. Yihara Kigashugo. a
0: buddy of mine recently started, I believe MTG, and so far only his only method is using Toxic or Infect. Any suggestions that you? Are we saying that you don't like to play against Toxic and Infect, and he only wants to play Toxic and Infect? Here's Toxic.
1: It's fine. Toxic's not crazy. Infect can get a little bit out of hand. Toxic's not bad. Have them build around Toxic more than Infect. The only Infect creatures that I have in here are a 1-1 Flyer mm-hmm. and a uh, Mana Dork. Oh, and the Rats. But, that's yeah. just, but I only have the Rats because they give a Poison counter when they enter the battlefield. That's the main reason I have the Rats. Those are the only three Infect things, and I don't really have cards that are buffing up my infect creatures to like 12 12s yeah something stupid
0: i don't know it's one of those things where especially among uh uh, people who have played magic for a long time when i say i don't want to play against this deck or this deck's not fun to play against they just go i'm thinking of our our buddy lincoln we say hey we don't want to play against the rat stack and he goes why not well we don't need a reason we just don't want to it's not fun to play against uh so, but but that's my suggestion. If if you're not uh, having fun playing against your friend, I like, you, like the rat deck. I don't like playing against it. I get I don't b- mind it's it. it's the same thing every time, and it's boring. And I you know. Yeah, and no, I don't that's, mind. It's it. boring to play against. I don't mind it. It's fun. It's rats.
1: Rats. Ah. Uh, I don't know. Tell your buddy, hey, I'm tired of playing against this. Can you play something else, please, or yeah. don't play? Uh, if you're looking for suggestions for other kinds of decks, it sounds like he likes alternate win conditions. Uh, at least poison counter is easy is it's easier to give 10 poison counters to someone than deal them 40 damage um but just a, just talk about other play styles like you can do graveyard recursion uh there's like uh like aristocrat stuff i love i love an, a little bit a little bit of drain a little bit of life gain love that nothing wrong with that all right um is probably a little bit f- far away from what he's trying to do with that. Or just big green creatures go smash. Big green creatures go smash.
0: Nothing wrong with that. Uh quit crying. Spelled with Q says, do you guys play standard just commander? Also a top camera soon? Question
1: mark? Haha, I'm glad you asked about the top camera. We mostly play Commander. We do. We have Jumpstart packs uh that we've we haven't opened jumpstart in a while, but jumpstart is The original Jumpstart set and the Jumpstart 2022 sets are really, really good. The set-specific Jumpstart packs, not so much, but that's okay. Uh, Jumpstart as an idea is really good. Taking two packs, shuffling them together, and then you have a pre-made ready deck, which is kind of like a standard deck, but just not very good. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, You're really only going to have single copies of things, too, so you don't have, like, repeatability of car it's a whole thing but we really like jumpstart uh commander we do oathbreaker sometimes we've also do- basically all the commander variants pdh all of that top down camera we have a top down camera it's sitting right there they can see it. you can see it yeah it? you can see it in the in the live stream it's right here so tiktok sucks tiktok really sucks so, we have this wonderful thing where you can use TikTok Live Studio. It's an application on a computer, and you can plug in cameras and stuff and you can stream like you would on Twitch. You are only allowed to use TikTok Live Studio. You are not allowed to use the industry, strand, industry standard for every other uh live streaming service on the internet, which is OBS, the open broadcasting software. TikTok Live Studio Uses so many more resources of your PC. It's horrible for it. Also, despite the fact that TikTok is clearly pushing people to try and use TikTok Live Studio, when we have used TikTok Live Studio twice, three times, I think four even four. I think four. Fuck, we've used it four times. Uh, we've done the down. We've done the top down twice. Uh, one of those streams just did not work. Yeah, and the other three. Our numbers were tanked. We our peak concurrent was like twelve viewers. I want you to know that our like some of our minimum concurrence after the first minute of our live streams when we're just using my phone are like forty. Yeah. So like we've peaked well over a hundred concurrent for a while, depending on what stream we're doing. Uh. So doing a doing a top down on TikTok is not going to be a thing. That being said. YouTube on the other hand, YouTube live streaming uh, we could very we could I would very happily be willing to set I need to buy an, a new PC anyway mm-hmm. uh, and I can f- I can buy a cheap part to fix my old PC, which then that could live up here as a streaming PC and we could stream, do a top down, do all the fancy shit for YouTube. While also doing our regular Monday night live stream on TikTok. And if you want a better viewing experience, you can go to our YouTube and you can subscribe there. And then we will still maintain our regular viewership on TikTok, which is the goal. That being said, that doesn't that's not free. (laughs) It costs money. Uh, We do have TikTok live subscriptions available to uh, people that watch our TikTok lives. We currently have five Renewing subscribers. Uh, if we can get that number up to 11, which I believe is the next subscription goal, uh, that is when we will begin seriously implementing the top-down uh, stuff. If we don't, then it'll probably still happen. We're just going to take our time and not make it more difficult for ourselves than it needs to be.
0: All right. Uh, I just want to say I saw the probably one of the best uh, uh, usernames I've ever seen flash by on the screen. Uh, it was number one car seat headrest enjoyer.
1: well that's all the time we have for this our 48th episode of the dungeon bros podcast it's been fun sam yep it's been a good time a little over an hour nothing too crazy in the news to talk about Uh, of course you can follow us on all of the socials tiktok youtube instagram x discord we have an amazon store we have a merch store we have monday night magic live streams which we were just talking about all of our deck lists for said monday night magic live streams are available in our mocks field uh, you can get the podcast on Apple Google Spotify YouTube music etc etc microwave ovens and all of that and one last shout out to uh, this podcast sponsor Icy Games Design Bryce 3D printed deck boxes we talked about it earlier the deck boxes are phenomenal very well made he's a really cool dude Uh, you can get 25% off using code DB25 the link is also in our bio it's the top link in our bio and 25% of all the profits go to GoFundMe for his niece Everly who is a little 4 year old girl who's suffering from generalized morphia and she's very sweet she seems very sweet so go buy some deck boxes They're very nice, very, very well made. All right. Well, with all of that being said, we love you very
0: much. And in the meantime, peace.